Hello, everybody, and welcome back to University and Beyond. Today, we have a special guest with us. Um, we actually have someone that's been in the industry for a little while and has some experience on the other end of being of the interview process. So the past couple episodes, we've talked about applications, searching for jobs, but today we're going to talk about um, being interviewed and, and get the perspective of an interviewer um, rather than an interviewee. Um, so I'll go ahead and let my special guest introduce himself. Hi, everyone. Uh, I am Sam Armando. I am an executive vice president with Publicis Media, which is a long way of saying I work in the advertising industry and the media department. And uh, in a nutshell, responsible for putting ads on TV. So the right people see them in the right space at the right time and the right frame of mind in order to purchase the products and services that our clients offer. And for all those uh, social media sleuths out there, the people that do their hardcore searching, you'll see, um, yes, this is my dad. Um, as I'm sure you see, if you follow our Instagram page, my, my name is posted on there. Um, and I'm sure you can connect the dots. Um, but yeah, so, so my dad, basically what he does for a living is watch TV. Um, at least that's what I tell people. <laughs> you can say that. Um, so you've been, you've been in the industry for quite a while now. How long have you been interviewing people? I've been in the industry for just over 30 years, uh, probably interviewing people for the past 25. Jeez, you're only 25 years old? Yeah, I started when I was about three years old, so if you do the <laughs> math, that's how old I am. <laughs> um, so I guess just, I will kind of just go back and forth. I have some questions that I, I have for you, and I did give you a chance to review them. Did you get some oh, answers? you had to tell them that, right? If you, I know you sent your answers to your secretary, so hopefully she approved them all. There are no secretaries. <laughs> They're administrative oh, assistants. Administrative assistants, sorry. Um, so starting off, the, as, as an interviewer, what is the first thing you notice when you're interviewing an applicant? When, you know, when they first walk in the door, what's the first thing that you notice, whether it's when they first walk in the door with their parents or when you start talking to them? Well, it's, it's difficult not to immediately see their appearance. I mean, if you're asking what the first thing is, that notice. So um, how they present themselves becomes immediately apparent based on what they're wearing, how they introduce themselves, how they sit down, you know, and posture and all that type of stuff just to kind of uh, to clue me in on whether they're a fit professionally for the company. I mean, eventually these people will be put in front of clients so that walking into the room, the presence they have, the the confidence that they show is going to be illustrated to the clients as well in the future. So that's something that I look for immediately when, when they walk in. So you mentioned some of the things you look for. What are, what are I guess, the good and bad that you've either seen or that you recommend, you know, the, the things that you look for that you're like, yep, that checked the box. Well, appearance and what they're wearing, um, you know, we've, when I started, uh, suit and tie were pretty much mandated and, and it was pretty easy for people because uh, they knew what to wear. Uh, suit and tie for guys, a business suit, a slacks slash, slash skirt for uh, women. Uh, but now corporate America has kind of relaxed a little bit on those, on those <laughs> things. Hey, I agree with you. And uh, so their appearance uh, shows me a, a couple things. If they've done kind of the research as to what the industry that they're interviewing in kind of wears and adheres to, and uh, if they've tried to impress in that regard as well. I think 
you know, if you ever have a doubt on what to wear, you can rarely make a mistake by dressing up. You can always make a mistake by dressing down. So even if a place is casual or you find out it's casual once you're there, if you come in a sport jacket or a suit, um, even a tie, um, people will understand why you did it, even though it's not something commonly that they wear. But if they are a little bit dressier and you show up in just uh, pants and a shirt or jeans and a polo, which people have done on an interview before and I don't recommend, um, dressing down is a uh, definite negative. Dressing up can only be a positive. That's a, that's a really good point. And, and I think you made a good point depending on the industry that you're in, but it's always good rule of thumb to dress up. Because even in engineering, it's more of a casual setting from what I've experienced. But at the same time, you know, that first interview, it's all suit or shirts and ties, uh, suit jackets. Yeah, I, I almost challenge anybody to find a more casual um, environment than the advertising environment, especially nowadays. Uh, when you have a lot of the creative people uh, walking around who never, I mean, if they tuck in their shirt, it's it's a good day for them. <laughs> um, but, um, so it's very casual where I work, but I appreciate, and I know a lot of people that also interview, appreciate people who come kind of buttoned up, um, prepared to look professional, then we can go from there. It's always easier to coach somebody to dress down than to dress up, I yeah, feel. Yes. So when you have a resume in hand, um, and we'll kind of touch on two parts to this, but when you have the resume in hand, what's one of the first things you look for? And I know you've, you've interviewed people fresh out of college, and I'm assuming you've interviewed people that were out of college for some time, have experience with other jobs, and are transitioning to a new job. So what are something you'll look for in somebody's resume, um, I guess in both categories, yeah, you're right. It, it depends what I'm interviewing for. Our entry-level position, um, I'm not going to look for a whole bunch of experience because uh, they shouldn't have it. Uh, they're probably right out of school, and I don't expect them to have a year or two experience in our field. If I'm interviewing for a little bit higher levels, then of course I'm going to look for experience because they're going to be supervising and managing people um, in our industry, and I want them to have that experience. So, if we stick with entry level, which I imagine a lot of your listeners are going to fall into that category, what I look for is um, a desire to be in that field or, or showing that through what they've done, they actually have an interest in the field that they're interviewing with. And that can be accomplished through internships. It could be accomplished through the activities that they've had at school. Um, you know, so if we stick with my field, which is marketing and advertising, are there advertising clubs, are there marketing clubs, are there marketing efforts um, to do to get there? So I will look for that type of, in, in a, I think a lot of people will classify it as experience, but I've kind of classified it as showing that they're really, really interested. Because what I'm trying to do is hire somebody for a career, not just a job. Because I would like for them, if we're going to invest in training them, to um, already know that they're interested in this field as opposed to coming to me six months later saying, yeah, I tried it, but this isn't really something I'm interested in. And then all of the effort and finances we spent in training, people are out the window because they've decided this field isn't for them. So I'll look for that. And then secondly, I'll look for people who are active and can multitask. So I personally feel anybody can... Um, 
get good grades if that's all they do is study. If a resume shows me that they're active and they can multitask and handle a lot of different activities while they're in school, I would rather have that person with a 3.0, 3.2 GPA than a person with a 4.0 GPA who does nothing but their schoolwork. So because in, in my job, you're not going to be given one task and asked to start and finish that alone and with nothing else on your plate. So multitasking is pretty important. So I will look for people who have multitask during, during school and multitask with activities that are relevant and challenging versus, you know, I mean, hey, if you're in a photography club, that counts, right? It, and it's something that, that matters. But if you're in some sort of marketing club, at least for my business, that's going to help. Um, I'll be honest with you, fraternities do nothing for me, fraternities and sororities do nothing for me compared to some experience or clubs that people can get kind of hands-on experience to hit the ground running. And I'm assuming when you say fraternities and sororities, you're talking more social rather than the professional. Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks for pointing it out. Yes. Uh, professional sororities, quite the opposite, uh, fraternities, quite the opposite, because again, they're gaining that experience and they did that showing their passion for the field. Um, is what stands out when that happens. And, uh, and obviously, hey, being in a fraternity sorority isn't like a social one, isn't a negative. It just doesn't, oh, no. it doesn't no. stand out. Not at all. No, it's not going to break any ties, as I'd like to say. You know, if there's somebody that is equal qualifications and somebody was in a fraternity or sorority versus somebody who wasn't, somebody did other things, that's not going to break the tie, but it's absolutely not a negative. Um, and I know one thing you've always told me growing up, and, and I'm sure this stands out to you, you know, and this might not be looking at resumes, but when you're in the interview, one of the things that oh, you always told me stands out is, you know, if you ask a customer or, or you ask the interviewee, you know, like, oh, like what, what in your research have you done about this? Like what, what kind of stuff you, I guess they should prepare for the interview with? Yeah, I think that's kind of a standard and I, and my hope everybody who's listening kind of knows that um, when you come in, I don't want to spend a lot of time educating you on what my industry is about, what my company does, the clients we have, our philosophies, and things like that. I'm hoping that you've done your homework and you know that. And we can tell that by a lot of the conversations we have, because if you interview well, you will kind of interweave those points into your responses. So if we have certain philosophies um, that you're able to articulate in your answers and kind of get those across. It shows me that you've done your homework and that you've taken the time to apply what we do and how we feel into your answers. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to show also that you care about, you know, the job that you're seeking, kind of like the point you made um, earlier in regards to the question. Yeah, absolutely. And again, everything boils down to being able to do the job that we're going to ask of you. And and again, whether you're presenting to me once you're employed, whether you're uh, presenting to a different team or whether you're presenting to a client, it takes work to prepare for that, um, to understand what you're going to say, why you're going to say it, to be able to answer questions that a client may put in front of you. Um, it takes practice and it takes preparation. So I want to see preparation when I'm interviewing someone. Absolutely. So I guess t tailing off of that, what are some some cues or things you look for when in conversations with interviewees? What are some things that you look for that really stand out 
Okay, yeah, you mentioned that we've talked about this before, so this is going to sound familiar to you. Uh, But one of the things that is a pet peeve of mine is I really don't care what I can do for you. Um, What I care about is what you can do for me. So I don't want to hear... That sounds so bad. (laughs) No, it does. And and, and I agree. And I don't mean it to sound as harsh as it comes across. But let me hopefully put some context around it to kind of soften it up a little bit. Um, When I ask questions, you know, a lot of times I will start an interview of why are you here? You know, and my whole goal is just to get people to talk. I want to understand, and I'm in the communications industry, so I want to hear them talk. And I don't want to give yes or no answers or short type or questions. I don't want to hear short answers. I want to give them the opportunity to just kind of freelance. And that one question seems really simple to me, but you'll be surprised what I hear back when I ask why people are here. Because, oh man, eight out of ten times I hear... Things like, well, I want to work here because I, I really think I'll enjoy it. I think that it'll do me good to gain this experience. I think it, I will benefit because of the um, uh, work that I do. And again, I, I appreciate that and I get it. But I don't want to hear all about what's good for you in this, I'd rather hear what you can do for me. So the real easy way to switch that around is that I feel by enjoying what I do, I will be an extreme benefit to your company. Um, I feel my personality and my traits will be a benefit for what you try to do to your clients. I think I can, um, the work that I produce will help make you successful, will help make your com- company successful. So again, when you think about it, you've already told me a lot of your characteristics, right? That you do think you can do well in this job, that you think it'll benefit you, but you've also showed me how it will benefit me because I want to hire you to make my life easier, right? I want to hire you to make my company look good. So tell me reasons how you can do that versus how I can make your life better. Again, sounds but <laughs> sounds bad. I, I get it, but try to tailor answers to the benefit that your possible employer can have by hiring you, um, and I think that will stand out. So, again, I hate to repeat myself, but what do you offer that can make my company more successful, make my job easier? And I think you're ahead of the game there. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you made a good point. It's it, and this isn't just you that saying this. You know, you personally like that's what you want. That's what almost all companies interviewers want. They want somebody that can make their company look good, make them look good, and what you can do for them, rather what they can do for you. Right. Um, so that, that's super super important point. Um, what do you think the most important part of the interview is? Hmm. Again, it may differ by field. You know, if, if you're, you know, and you might be able to talk a little bit more about in engineering, maybe in that field, it's more about the application, the knowledge of the software. Um, for my field, and, and I would like to think that this is a, uh, a trait that 
goes across many fields is that ability to communicate, articulate, um, get points across and do it in a very conversational, um, professional manner. So, you know, throughout it all, I mean, it, it's all a process. It's showing me the preparation you have, your ability to communicate, your um, ability to articulate questions. Uh, so it's really, really tough to pinpoint the one thing that's better. But I guess if I had to, I'd say it's just the overall ability you have um, to communicate in a way that when you leave, I can actually look to my peers who asked how to go because always ask that. And I can and I can answer that by saying it was a great conversation. Yeah. And I mean, engineering, it, at the end of the day, you know, you have to be able to communicate well with each other. I think in just about any field that you're in, but specifically, obviously, in communications, that's important. And in engineering, it's really no different in my job. Every day I'm communicating to different people and need to get my point across, whether it's numbers or um, like analytical stuff or, you know, some creative idea. It's, you have to be able to communicate that idea back and forth. Um, what, what kind of stuff, or I guess what typically, you know, wrapping up interview, you know, it's good good to ask questions you know kind of flip the flip the the script and you know interview the interviewer um but what do you recommend you know how do you recommend ending or you know wrapping up an interview from like an interviewer's perspective or yeah, interviewee's perspective you know what i mean an interviewer <laughs> should always give you the opportunity to ask questions and you know the the I think the worst thing you can do in that situation is say, no, I don't have any. I think you've covered everything, which people have done. Um, again, it, it's it's kind of tradition. It's kind of old, but to ask a couple questions that um, stand out. I always appreciate or I, I, I think highly of the people who ask me questions that, that challenge me. Um, you know, if there's – so there there's two – different type of things we could talk about. The ones that you really want to know stuff. Like if you don't feel you know clearly the levels of the position or what they do every day, those are, are fine questions to ask. Um, I think once they're answered, you should always end up with something. Like if, if you're asking what does it take to do the job and people say it takes A, B, and C, it's a good idea to then end that question with, with something along the lines of, oh, that's really good to hear because I feel I have those qualities. Something like that. And then be able to explain that. I yes. Know that's something yeah, because, I mean, if you're going to say that, be prepared for them to say, oh, really, how do you have it? And then be prepared to answer it. Uh, and then the second part to it is to ask questions that could be challenging. So... You know, I don't mind being put on the spot of um, what, you know, in our conversations today, what did I show you that makes you think that I'm able to do the job? Um, or what qualities did I exhibit that you think will be a benefit to you? Things like that. I mean, put your interviewer on the spot. I mean, keep in mind what I'm talking about. You don't want to ask them things like, how much money do you make? Um, because that, that won't go over too well. Um, but I, I think if you can, again, end the, conver end the conversation with the interview with that interviewer saying, you know what, that was, that was pretty insightful and, and I didn't mind being challenged like that, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I, th I think another key thing to remember, you know, after that interview, you know, it's not over. And this is something you've harped on me forever and, and I've actually touched on and how I, I'm 
convinced is what really, at the end of the day, my I, obviously I got my job because I was fit for it, but I got my foot in the door because of this, um, and it's simply following up with an email, you know, saying thank you, like appreciate your time, like if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, you know, that follow-up right. email. You want to you want to do something that makes you stand out in that regard. Um, so, you know, in today's day and age, I think it's a twofold process. I think you're going to follow up with an email because the ele- electronic uh, communication is a lot quicker than anything else. So I think following up with the email, thanking the person um, briefly um, is, is always mandatory, a good idea. But what I think sets apart and what I think is a lost art form is the handwritten note. Yeah. You always preach this on me. So, <laughs> you know, you know, Again, snail mail takes a little while um, to come across. So I would be, you know, if they give you a list of who you're interviewing with, title, have the envelope addressed and stamped and ready to go. Um, Have the thank you note ready and then make sure in addition to thanking them for their time, so forth and so on. And putting in there that you're extremely qualified for position, call out things from the interview that happened and recite back. Um, I appreciate the fact that you mentioned this because I feel I'm qualified and I can do that. Um, I really love the story you told about when you started. You know, it doesn't always have to tie back to how you're qualified, but pull something out that they said to show them that you were listening. And again, a handwritten note will go a long way. And the reason why I say do both is because if your people you're competing with a job do a email and you don't, um, they will think you forgot until they get the handwritten note. So if everybody does the email, everybody's on a level playing field. And then one of the things that will set you apart is when they receive your handwritten note in the mail versus the other people who did not do that. Yeah, and, and you brought up a good point and something I always like to add into even when I'm working now, you know, if I have a conversation with, with a new customer, I'll, I'll make note of something that we talked about that reminds them of me. So like you said, put something in that email or that handwritten note saying, you know, we talked about this funny thing that happened at Christmas this year or whatever it would be, you know, that reminds them, oh, wow, I like this candidate. And then they can almost replay that conversation in their head. I'm a um, big Chicago Cubs baseball fan, and in my office, I have some paraphernalia that makes that painfully obvious. And I had a candidate write a note and, um, you know, thank me for everything. It was very professionally. And also put out that, um, hey, congratulations. Um, I saw the Cubs won the other day and beat, you know, I forgot who it was that they beat at the time. But the fact that he was that observant, you know, paid attention to it, knew that I was, dropped it in a note. Again, it separated him from the other candidates, something that simple. And I'm sure that person got the check of approval just for writing the oh, Cubs. Oh, if they, if they mention the Cubs, they're in. <laughs> yeah. So kind of wrapping up on a more, I guess, a less serious note, What are what's one of the things that's happened in an interview that you would say is the most memorable, something you'll never forget for like for being funny or just like a good thing? Or, or I guess even a bad thing too. Yeah, well, you know, I'll tie this back to something we talked about when I had said, you know, make sure you're making it clear to me um, the benefit you can provide me. So I was interviewing this, this young woman and again asked, 
you know, why is she here? Why do you want this job? Why do you find yourself in an advertising agency in the media department? Like, what brought you here? And her response was that she really, really wants to gain the experience of marketing because in three years she plans on leaving and opening up a boutique to sell underwear. <laughs> um, flat out told me that. Um, I got a thank you note that along the margin of the card, you know, the, the, the left-hand side of the card had, um, like, lingerie pictures, like women's lingerie pictures on it. So, um, you know, it was funny. She, in the process of the interview, told me that she was going to use us to gain experience to then leave and open up her own business. Uh, so, you know, now is that a funny story, or at least I think it's a funny story, but it kind of hits a home run with what I'm talking about. Right? If you um, don't paint the picture of your, you're not interviewing for a job, you're interviewing for your career, um, right there it's like, I cannot hire this, this woman, regardless of how good she was, because I'm going to invest a lot of times, and all she wants to do is use me and my resources to open up her own business. Yeah, that's, um, I would say that's memorable. <laughs> that's something I would never forget if that happened to me. Um, do you have a favorite question or, yeah, I guess a favorite question that you've gotten through your 25 years of interviewing, you said? Uh, well, on, you know, I, I mentioned earlier about the people who challenge me. Some of the best questions I've got that actually are, are like good questions are just that. Uh, people who have put me on the spot in a very you know good professional way um, to kind of have me admit that they were a good candidate you yeah. know and that confidence that they were um, good or bad. Did they right? catch you with your pants at your ankles? Not um, know what to say. Oh, I you know me. I rarely <laughs> have a loss for words True. and what to say. Uh, but I did have a person once who. Um, maybe I can say was up very late preparing for the interview because as we were talking, they were nodding off. <laughs> um, which hopefully it goes without saying that I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but they were they were kind of uh, falling asleep as I was talking. And, you know, hey, I'm not saying I'm the most exciting person in the world, but at least pretend yeah. like I'm exciting when you're interviewing me as opposed to falling asleep. But, Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a good good thing to, I guess, do is at least pretend you're interested. Right, hey, you know what, Get I mean, mind. you've got to sell yourself, uh, so sell the fact that you're interested, even if you're not. There you you could pull it off. There you go. Well, thank you for um, taking some time to tell us the point of view of an interviewer, um, as majority of the listeners are going to be interviewees, um, and, and, you know, they're looking for some advice from the other side so they know what to what to expect and what to, what to bring to the table. Yeah, thanks for having me, and I'm sure it's because of my vast knowledge and experience and not the fact that I'm your dad, right? Never. Never. Uh-huh. I would never use my dad like that. Right. Um, but, yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody. Feel, uh, definitely go check out our Instagram page at University and Beyond for um, updates and when we're posting. And if you have any questions um, regarding this episode or previous episodes, feel free to send us a message or comment on one of the posts. Um, and luckily my dad is, um, pretty, pretty close contact with me so I can get any questions over to him if you have any questions for him. I know where to find you. So, um, again, thanks for listening and, and don't be afraid to reach out with questions.